0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website BuiltForTheStage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Built for the stage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right. Please enjoy this conversation. Special guest today. Really excited for Bradley Gibson. Welcome to the show, Bradley. Thanks for having me. It's it's our pleasure here at the Broadway Podcast Network. If you haven't checked out the website, broadwaypodcastnetwork.com, there's a whole bunch of theater podcasts on that thing. So go hit it. Go get after it. All right. Bradley made his debut. We're just chatting about it in Rocky. I love Rocky. Wow. I grew up on Rocky. So I I saw it. I don't know if you were on, you debuted as a swing. Yeah, I was
0: a swing. So maybe I was on, maybe I wasn't. Yeah.
1: I can't, I can't remember what month I was there. Anyways, debuted in Rocky, then went on to a Bronx tale, the musical. So kept it like with that Italian theme. Yeah. I actually interviewed, um, Brandy Porter. Oh my was, gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let me go back. <laughs> I actually interviewed Brandy Porter last season who uh, was in uh, Bronxdale as you know and mm-hmm. is on the tour. And uh, yeah, just like some really cool music and dancing across the board in that show. Yeah, R- yeah. Really enjoyable. And now, of course, the man's in the Lion King as Simba. You can see him uh, under the sub under the subway, you can see him like it's everywhere on right? the wall. You know, I see a lot of marketing things for shows right and you look at them you're like that's nice it's professional the person looks pretty good but you are a star on that (laughs) on that thing (laughs) i'm looking at it now you like it's like the literal phrase stop you in your tracks like literally just boom it's crazy
0: you look good man thank you thank you that was a lot of hard work (laughs) that's some beautiful editing and also some beautiful uh makeup artistry that's going on there
1: the editing's great but you know without the person the editing's nothing you you look like you look like a stud so thank
0: you thank you thank you uh we
1: were just chatting before we we pressed the record button over there about how the lion king as simba's a sprint right when you hit that you're just you're just going tell us a a little bit about
0: that you know the show it's hard but it's different for everyone because um all the principal roles are kind of in and out, or they are on the stage for a long period of time, and then they have a long break. So Simba is a little boy for the first half of the show, so it's played by a child. And I come on at the end of Act One, I sing the end of Kuna Matata, and then I go off on an mission. then I come back, and I'm on stage for about 45 minutes to an hour straight, no break. If you see me leave the stage, it's because I'm running around to the other side I'm getting a sip of water and I'm running back out I'm jumping I'm dancing I'm screaming I'm singing very high it's just you know it's a non-stop sprint it's a race to the end of the show which is literally my last moment is when the lights go down and the curtain mm-hmm. is over so it takes a lot of endurance it takes a lot of um, stamina uh, vocal stamina physical stamina and it took me a while to be able to do it continuously without feeling like i had failed or feeling like i had done something wrong i'm in year two now and i'm just now getting to the place where i can let go of the stress of the show Mm -hmm. and the stress of you know the feelings that come afterwards yeah and um that's been a journey it's been a humbling experience for sure as an artist and as a uh i'm very uh (laughs) I'm very hard on myself and I'm very uh, strict and I'm very, you know, I want to be consistent and I know we can't be perfect, but I want to be as close to perfect as I can be. Yeah. I think that's
1: usually what makes the great ones great. So it's a tough thing though, to keep in perspective, making sure that we're not doing it in an unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. You, You mentioned a little bit about the backstage stuff. If we were to go see the lion King, What's something crazy that you have to do backstage to make something happen on stage, whether that's like a quick backstage cross or a quick change or anything like that that's that's challenging back there?
0: When I finish doing um, He Lives in You, the reprise of He Lives in You, um, I go backstage and I actually change my costume, but I wear the same costume. It's a little different because there's a flying rig system underneath it, so the whole last 10-15 minutes of the show when I'm fighting Scar and, you know, Simba's taking back Pride Rock and everything. Yeah. I have a full, like, harness underneath me that's also in between my legs and on my back. And um, so the costume's a little bit bigger yeah. to fit that underneath it. Yeah, so that's something that's – people you don't realize that. They sometimes see the wires when we're doing the flying stuff at the end, but they don't realize that I'm wearing that for the whole time. Right. So when I'm doing my most – um physical things as far as being on the ground and stuff, there's a whole contraption underneath my costume.
1: Yeah, I've flown as well. And every time I would get off stage for the quick change out of it, just like couldn't get out of it quick enough. Just oh, like no. get this
0: thing off me. You're changing. You're trying to like drink water. You're trying to like cough or like blow your <laughs> nose. My dresser's like, stop moving. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know.
1: Your arms are looking quite swole right now.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Those, um,
1: those You're like by right now. Oh my biceps. gosh.
0: That means so much because I'm kind of in a, I'm in a journey of, I'm calling it like rebuilding my mm-hmm. body. I've been um, out of the show for a while over the summer and dealing with injuries and that prevented me from working out and just, it's been a process So now I'm in a space of rebuilding and and getting back to where i was before which is also very humbling and also you know a part of getting older and yeah consistency and yeah so thank you that means a lot
1: yeah yeah the journey of fitness is definitely ones of ups and downs but mm-hmm. the encouraging thing is when you've put the work in previously and maybe you had to take a break because of injury or whatever usually it comes back a lot faster than when you first initially had to earn it so You'll be back in the swing things yeah. the of things in no time. Yeah, I hope so. Looking forward to it. Um, were you just at Broadway Flea at the Flea Market? Yeah,
0: I was last Sunday. That was so much fun. It was
1: hype there.
0: Oh, it's hype. It's T- crazy. Tell me tell me a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> tell me uh,
1: just a couple fun experiences you had there.
0: I'm never um, surprised by the dedication of Broadway fans, but I think that we often don't get to experience it outside of today's social media you know Mm -hmm. i'm always getting you know dms from fans or people that saw the show they're finding me on social media and wanting to say you know thank you or giving a great compliment or fan art or something but very rarely do we get to really experience something that is for the fans that the community puts on and broadway flea market is that and it was so fun we sit at those tables and the photo booth and we get so many compliments and so many people, every age, every race, that are just loving. They love Broadway. Mm-hmm. They love shows. They they came with playbills from Bronx Tale, from Rocky. My first show in New York was Shakespeare in the Park. I did that um, Love's Labor's Lost musical like almost seven years ago. They have playbills from that. Wow. They are bringing photos from other things that I've done. Like It's so cool to see that they care because you know I'm kind of in the hole of doing what I do every day to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I I am so moved by seeing that just one person has a little bit of care for me and admiration for what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do. So Broadway Flea Market is just as much a treat for me and I think the other Broadway performers as it is for the fans. Yeah. It was so fun.
1: Yeah, it gives, gives you that little extra fuel that you might need in the show when... You've been at it for a while, and yeah. you're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. And I had
0: two shows afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I was there from 10.30 until 12, and then I had a 1 o'clock matinee and a 6.30. Mm-hmm. And it made for a really long day. But, man, was I energized.
1: Yeah, you were probably on the up and up until you hit your head to the pillow that night. And oh, my God. Out and
0: the second up. I got backstage after that second show, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: um so any pressure did you feel when you first went on as Simba playing such an iconic role like when you booked it yeah just the rehearsal process or like before you actually made your debut as Simba you know there's there's people with their I always with all my Disney clients and guests and whatnot I talk about the the bubble VHS Mm -hmm. you know people have been in this since what was it, 94? 90-
0: 94 it four. came out. Oh, I had two VHSs because I, I broke one because I watched <laughs> it so much. You yeah, yeah. had to get another one. Wow. So I definitely felt um, the pressure because Simba is iconic. I always call him my first superhero. And I, I call Lion King a, a moment that I see as an example of, of calling out to the universe exactly what you want, putting that into action, and, and receiving the fruits of that labor and the fruits of that, that blessing. You know, I remember I was in Bronx One of my best friends in the business is Christiane Pitts. She played the lead in King Kong. Mm -hmm. We were walking to yoga between shows on a Saturday matinee. And we were talking about what we wanted to do next. We were in year two of Bronx We didn't know what was coming. We didn't we were happy in our show, but like, what do we want to do next? What's the next dream? Like we did this amazing new show <laughs> that our, our, our family has become our, our show, our cast. Um, what's next? And we both had different dreams that we kind of called out on this walk from the long acre to yoga to the people by Harold square. And I said out loud, I said, I want to do something that is iconic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like, I don't know what that is, but I want it to be iconic. I want it to be hard. I feel like I'm ready for a challenge. That's a physical challenge. Yeah. What that is, I don't know. Two weeks later, I start auditioning for Lion King. My agents call me and tell me about you know looking for a new Simba. And over the course of my career, I've gotten to know many of the guys who've played Simba on Broadway, on the road, and some sort of Lion King uh, in, the, in the world of Lion King. Mm-hmm. And I knew immediately that I wanted to go in, but I didn't know if I could. I hadn't really thought about the show. I'd been lucky enough and fortunate enough to do um, original work since I moved to New York, whether it be off-Broadway or on Broadway or on tour or whatever. And um, I went and started with the music first. It was very high, and I could do it kind of easily. And during the audition process, I didn't even... I came to understand how physically hard it was, how there's a movement to the show mm-hmm. with, you know, I'm playing a lion, not a human. So there's a whole how to make your shoulders move, your neck. How are you jumping? Um, when do you also let that go and allow the human qualities of yourself to come out to show the the human nature of the story? So when I got the role, I really, I realized right from the second I began the audition process how hard it was going to be, And I put myself in training through rehearsal and before by really hitting the gym harder than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. Rehearsal was hard because you're building up that endurance. You know, you're running. I'm running that sprint of an act over and over again, over and over again, over the course of that 10 to 6 Mm workday. And over the course of a season, I would say audition, from audition to My opening night of Lion King was like three, four months. And the rehearsal process was about a month. But I would say like three months before that and the month of rehearsal, I really put myself through training and kicking Mm -hmm. my butt.
1: So now that the show's open, you, you know, we've talked about like, oh, let's implement yoga on these days or, you know, you can't hit the gym every day. But for the people listening out there that think, Oh, I'm in a show, that's my physical thing that I'm doing with my body, so I can't train. Um, What has been your experience with continuing to better or make your body durable by training while still in the show? Because right now you're like, oh, the show's so hard. So people would probably think, oh, Bradley goes home and sits cross-legged and just like, meditates and doesn't do anything else because his body's going through the ringer, but yet you're going to the gym.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I learned quickly when I started doing my run eight shows a week that I could not keep up the sort of training that I was doing every day in the gym while I was in rehearsal or before I started rehearsal. So that was kind of, um, uh, hit to my confidence. Cause I was used to hitting the gym so hard. I had been hitting the gym pretty hard and consistently for years at, at this point, since I was in college. So we're talking like 10 years ago. Um, and all of a sudden I was doing this show that was painful. So the wear and tear of the show, jumping on a steel stage, running on a steel stage, doing this choreography on this steel stage was hard on my ankles and my knees and the repetitive motion of lifting and holding the swords of my shoulder joints. And my neck was hurting so much because I was moving it in such a, a, a really specific way every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn how to take care of myself. And that was when I rediscovered yoga. Mm-hmm. I've been doing yoga for a really long time. I did it a lot in high school. It really helped with my dance training. And I got back into that because I found that to be a way to train my body and also take care of my body and allowing that to be incorporated with my gym training sessions and with my lifting and also finding days to rest i'm a really i like to go hard Mm -hmm. everybody knows that about me that no matter what it is no matter what the situation is show life whatever the task is i want to do it to like the best of my abilities and i want to go as hard as possible without uh the word rest kind of coming to my mind Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden i'm in the shell where i have to rest which means that there are days that I have to spend you know, my full day before my show resting my body, resting my voice. That was also a big learning curve. So now as I'm in year two, I've gotten to the point where I know what those days are. And thank- thankful to you also for helping me figure out a program that allows what day do I go to the gym and do this certain body part? What day do I do yoga? What day is a rest day? Um, how do we work out on two show days or do we not? Um, yeah, it's been a big learning curve, but now I'm just getting to the place where I know exactly what my schedule is. And also listening to my body. There are days too, where I open up my phone and we have a program going and there's a dance that hit the gym, but my shoulder is killing me. Mm. And do I, do I go or do I get acupuncture or do I do go, still go to the gym and do something a little different and let you know what that difference thing yeah. that I do is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You said something earlier about simba's pursuit that really stuck out to me that we can kind of parallel to life just about how he he sees or speaks what he wants he puts it into action and then it it becomes it comes to fruition mm-hmm. what is something for you you know you said i want something challenging um in, in that specific case in your life or others certain times in your life maybe now What are things that you do daily that you put into action, aside from the training stuff that we've talked about, that keep you in that pursuit of either bettering yourself as a performer, as a person? Um, What kind of actionable things that do you usually do on a daily basis?
0: I'm always creating and I... I didn't really think of myself for a long time as an artist that's, you know, I'm always creating art, I need to be creating art to feel like I'm living or feel like I'm doing a good job of my show at night or feel feeling fulfilled. But for the past year and a half now, I've been working on original music, I've been recording music, I'm going to start releasing music in the next month, actually, um, which is <laughs> saying that is terrifying because it's been so private for me for so long i've
1: seen them on your stories recently you were you were talking about the recording and whatnot is there anything in detail you can like plug here like
0: um i can say that this fall season i will be releasing a single and in 2020 i'm gonna release an ep so that's gonna start popping off Uh and it's been so fulfilling for me and it's shown itself in my work at night, you know, in my 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 job, which is playing Simba every night, it's shown such a so such good things for my heart and for my soul, and it's feeding me creat- creatively. And I um yeah, that's definitely something that I put into action every day to to make my life better. I am so proud of it. I just mm-hmm. actually received a a final copy of. My single, it's the master, and I was in the gym, uh-huh. and I started to cry. Uh-huh. I started breaking down, crying because I couldn't believe that this thing that I wrote, you know, a year ago, and been and had been recording and, and editing and producing little by little throughout the year, it's done, and I get to share it with the world. So it's it's feeding me, and it's for me, and I hope that it just inspires somebody to also create. Yeah. It's not about who listens to it or how many people stream it or I mean that would be nice. Stream yeah. it y'all. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but also I just want to like say just create. Do things that make you feel whole, that add to you as a person because when you're creating or when I'm creating, it shows itself in in my show at night, it shows myself in auditions. I just oh, I am so thankful every day that I am an artist. And I think as performers, as actors, especially in New York and in theater, we are always kind of waiting for someone to give us an opportunity to be an artist and to create. But really, like, that's our job. Like, I'm so done with waiting around for someone to give me the permission to do something that I can be doing myself. Or or, or to be... Or to get the permission to do something that is a certain kind of thing. Like it's never a guaranteed that you know you're going to get an email, an audition, or go to this appointment that is the perfect thing for you. That is you know everything that you want to be doing. But what I can do is that I can make it myself for myself, and I can share it with the world. We have that ability now. With the press of a button on my phone, my computer, I can share that, mm-hmm. and it represents me and what I have to say right now. So that's what I'm doing
1: yeah it's been like a running theme on the podcast even last season as well where uh certain guests would just say talk about creating things i remember katie Goffman; she says no one was casting me in anything so i cast myself yeah (laughs) i made my own thing uh make your own stuff (laughs) like whatever yeah um yeah i think that there's a difference between a there's a term you hear oh they're a theater person but I think there's also a flip to that or the other side where they're a person that does theater Mm -hmm. and I think that people get lost in in the first part the theater person but really we're we are first you know and I think that uh people us we need to continue to remember that for sure Yeah. Um, So thanks for saying that. Thanks for just sharing that with us because I think it's valuable um, to all of us. Yeah. uh, For sure. Um, What else has gone on? Because I see you in a lot of, you do a lot of like promo stuff. Yeah. For King Kong. King Kong. Oh my gosh. Lion King. Yeah. And this past, I'm looking at your Instagram because I, I, you know, I follow you on on daily. You were on Good Morning America. Mm Mm-hmm and what did you sing on good morning america that uh that morning do you remember we sang was it um, like a medley it or? was a medley i okay. sang
0: um, you'll be in my heart from tarzan right yeah it was a celebration of um 20 years of uh disney on broadway Weird. so how do you feel though on this uh topic of
1: revival so you are of the the belief of flip it on its head make it different make it innovative yeah how do you feel about the the people that are like that's just disrespecting and defacing the
0: the the piece? The integrity of the show is gone. Oh, I think that we have to be uh, open-minded, and also there it's you know different shows and different creative teams are inspired by different things, and sometimes we want to see a great classic revival. I had the best time at Hello Dolly. I loved Hella Dolly. I saw it twice. It was so beautiful. I love seeing my friends up there in these beautiful period costumes, the choreography, seeing Bette Midler, seeing Queen Bernadette Peters up there, killing it as Dolly Levi in this beautiful... You felt like you were back watching the original cast. All we were missing was, you know, Carol Channing. Mm -hmm. But that was amazing, too. We are... In the business of, of theater and Broadway, yes, but also that lends itself to artistry and creativity. And we can have Oklahoma that's a revival that is totally changing the way you think it should be done. We can also have Hello Dolly that is classic and beautiful. We can have both. Both can live in the same world in the same season, and we can enjoy them both. That's, what, that's the magic of theater, right? Agreed. I would say... Good is good. Yes. <laughs> Make it, just do it with excellence, right? Right. Yeah. If it's
1: excellent, you know, you can't deny it. Yeah, no. Whether it's true to the original or not. Mm-hmm. If you are to, if, you know, you know. N- n- I'm not putting this out there. Let's say Lion King closes, but then gets a revival okay. in, in, in 2089. Okay. The year 2089. Okay. <laughs> Lion King, the revival of Lion King what kind of twist would you put on Lion King? Would you change location? Mm. Would
0: you? What would you do? Mm, what would we do? I think that no matter what is done with the show and with the costumes and the scenery, I think that it always goes back to the script. Lion King is such a beautiful story. The reason why it's lasted for so long is because it is so human. We can all see that show and we can all laugh and cry and see ourselves upon the stage because it's about losing someone you love and healing from that, finding yourself, um, making your family proud, all those things that we as humans connect to every single day, no matter what your color or anything about yourself, we all can connect on that. Mm. So it's always about the script and I would want to really see that. So maybe we could break it down. Mm. I don't know what that would take. Meaning. Maybe less spectacle and more
1: about just the words. Yeah,
0: about the words. The story. What would that feel like? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen that done before with other shows, but never with a show that's about uh, characters that aren't human. I got it. Right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that would mean, but we could make it work.
1: Well, it's 2019. I'm trying to... we probably won't be around in
0: 2089. Maybe we won't make it. But, you know, I'm eating. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much vegan, so I'm trying to be here. Okay. okay. 2089. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well,
1: you're looking good for sure, so you, you you never know. I always like to ask this when guests are in a show that is so strong, that has been going and is like a machine. How in these two years, not the first year, but this year, where now you're starting to get comfortable how do you not allow the comfort make you stall out on the stage
0: you have to keep it fresh you have to change it up your energy is a little different you're i'm doing different little things every night i'm saying the lines different i um think about the situation in a different way i'm you know i'm really leaning into where i am in that moment where i am on that night you know i can't expect myself to be the same exact person that i was yesterday you know i'm dealing with different things every single day some days i have bad days some days i have great days so it's kind of leaning into that and luckily the show deals with you know incredible joy but also incredible pain so that's some different levels and i'm just connecting connecting with the people on stage who are up there with me but also connecting and feeling the energy from the audience out there The show is so different from me on a day that I hear. The other day I heard this little kid's like laughter. They were right in the first like five rows. And that little kid, I don't know if it was a little boy, a little girl, but that child was having the best time and was just giggling and laughing. And I could have started crying if I thought about it too much. But that energy right there was enough for me to just, keep going and make the show the best I can make it because that probably was that child's first time in a Broadway theater seeing the Lion King, maybe their first Broadway show. So what is that experience going to be for them? Cause I remember what that show was for me as my first Broadway experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just allowing it to, to be fresh and new every single day. We'll, we'll make that uh,
1: the last question coming up. What was your first experience seeing a Broadway
0: show? my first experience seeing a show on Broadway was seeing The Lion King. I was, yeah, (laughs) crazy. Living the dream. Living the dream. (laughs) I always um, tell this story. I was in high school. I was um, on a trip with my choir. We were here for a competition. And at that time, I was really wanting to be a performer. Um, I was falling in love with Broadway, but I wasn't really in love with The Lion King. I loved the movie as a kid. I was obsessed with the movie as a kid. And I remember I had told my teacher at the time that I wanted to see something else, something that was out, that was new, or something that I was, you know, in love with. Like, I love *Fame* of the Opera, and I love Chicago. I wanted to see something that I loved. And Lion King was on my radar. Went to Lion King, and he purposely um, gave me the seat right in the middle of the first row of the mezzanine. We were up in the mezzanine. And the show started, and I could not believe what I was seeing. Not just because it was the movie that I loved as a kid, so I was still going to love all the music, but it was because I saw people on stage that looked like me, mm-hmm. people people of color, black people, brown people that looked like me, and it opened my eyes and opened my heart and showed me like the possibility of what I could do, and that there was room for me
1: and now you're doing it, yeah, now they're doing kid. it now yeah, I'm but doing you're it. you're also. Being that person, yeah. Whoops, you're actually being that person for the the young Bradley Gibson out in the audience.
0: Yeah, and that's um if I think about that too much I could i would be <laughs> in a puddle of tears on this podcast. But um yeah, that is so um that's why I do it. And that's why I also want to just be authentically myself. I want to do the work right because I want I want people to feel empowered and to feel that they are enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, Bradley, thanks for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, that'll do it with Bradley Gibson. You can go see him in The Lion King playing Simba. You go to his Instagram, bradgibson13. Give him a follow. Turn on those notifications so that the second that he releases his single, you'll be ready. Yeah, it's coming. All right, make sure you go to billforthestage.com. Fill out that info for a free trial if you've yet to try it out. Don't forget about broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Check out all the great theater podcasts that we have going on in our community. Please, if you like the podcast, rate it, subscribe, leave a comment. Until next time, it's me, Roscoe, signing off.